Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I used to be PA on New York on the cover. That's why I met him back in 1996 or 7. Remember when we did that back in Manhattan? But he told me, and I, to this day I will never forget it, he told me, Joe, Hollywood used to be who you know. It's not that. It's, it's who knows you and who gives a shit. <laughs> and he's right, because everybody knows everybody in this town, right? You go to Hollywood and everyone, oh, I know Steven Spielberg. Okay, well, does he know you, though? Like, does, you, <laughs> does, does he care about you? You're listening to Option Forward Podcast, a shared platform of independent thinkers and motivators. Join us as we capture the culture of leaders that are paving the way and sharing their inspirational stories. Welcome back to our show. I am Drew, Option Forward, for the half of the show. GQ Nesto, how you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, ready to get the get the get the ball rolling. I think uh, we got a cool guest today, so looking forward to get some insights. So yeah, all right. And you know, I'm a, I was working on my little introduction for our for our our our, uh, our guest today. So let me see if I can get it right. All right. So uh, we got Queens, New York. Queens get the money. Uh, very own. Uh, he's multiple hat. Guy. We got the producer side, we got the director side, we got the award winning. There is nothing in the entertainment film industry that he don't know how to do or that he hasn't done. Well, we'll get to that, I don't know. But um, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Eckhart. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So um, I know you dibbled and dabbled a little bit of uh, reality series, a lot of documentaries. Uh, Give our listeners and viewers a little bit of backstory. Who who is Joe? Uh, Kim from Queens. Yeah, let's let's go. It? Let's go. Let's go with the origin story. Started Where did superpowers off, come from? Let's see. Started off as a as a production assistant out in New York, running okay. around on just a bunch of different movie and TV sets out there, and learning the business. Didn't go to film school. I uh, you know hung out with every every department, figured out you know, how do you do your job? Teach me. And they would teach me. I would do the same thing. And then I'd run around the city making my own stuff, making my own shorts, slowly wow. meeting people and. It ended up getting me out to L.A. back in 98, first time. How many years were you messing around with it in, in New York? Two before years. Before you transitioned? 96, I started. 95, 96. Okay. A movie called The Devil's Own, Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt. That was a PA on that set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did that happen? Just a hustle? Well, no, I have family in the business in New York. Two, uh, Louie and Jimmy Sabat, who are, are the best sound team ever to grace the sets in New York. Uh, they old school. So they, hey, my nephew's looking for a job. Can you help him out? I'm like, yeah, we're looking for someone help. You know, set to do anything. Cool, bring him in. You know. And the PA is for those who don't know. The PA is is the blood on the set. They're the one that get everything done. Without PAs, sets won't happen. They just don't. They don't. They don't flow. They don't stay on time. They're, they're the guys that keep everything on. Work hard to keep everything on schedule. Get point something from point A to point B. Like they're the they're the people that make it happen. So. All right, all right, cool. And they're the least paid, but the hardest working. Okay, so you the you the knocking on a trailer dude back then, like, hey, we need you on set. Yeah, hey, let's go. Break time yeah. up. Let's go. We need you. Let's go. We need you here. Oh, hey, Joe, can you get us coffee? Yeah, we need cream and sugar. You got it. Go get it. Yeah. But what about what about the film industry? Like, like where did the spark come from? Is it something that ten year old Joe always knew that he was going to be doing? What did you originally want to do? Play baseball. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I, I was too short, and that wasn't gonna happen. So it's all right. And then I, I, then I was like, I'm there with you. You know, it's good. It's good. At what point did you know you're like, oh shit, this is it. This is it on the growth spur. Yeah. Well, right in high school, I guess I'm done with this. Dream. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's time to do something else. 
So uh, I just wanted to do like graphic design and I was going to Baruch College in Manhattan, graphic design, I was bored and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I actually dropped out and, and then my uncle got me a job on the set. And I always visited him on sets growing up, but it was always like very mystical and huge. I never thought about working in the industry until he got me the job just to get a paycheck, right? So I wasn't bumming around the house. Nice. And then, I'm, and then I loved it. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty dope. I'm, I think I can do this for, for a long time. And slowly just started growing and, you know, attaching myself, like I said, to all different departments and figuring out how to do this, how to do that. And then figuring out that I want to direct. So like, cause we, we've been at this for some time now and we, we've noticed that when it comes to communication of, of asking the how to's, yeah. Like you said, so you were able to bounce around from the part of, did you notice that people were hush hush? Like, yo, it's like job security. If I tell you what I do, then, so people were pretty open with you. Yeah, I never had a, that kind of issue, but we had, I had tons of people always want, you know, helping okay. teach me. Was it the, like the whole New York uh, spirit that, you know, everybody's out there pretty cool and just, you know, aggressive, like, you know, people don't are not in competition. They're just basically just trying to just be a family in, in a sense. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that sense of, of New York vibes where it's more of a like, fuck it, just do it. Just come through, you know? Yeah, it's about just getting it done, you know, and everybody always lends a hand. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely in New York. Day. I don't piss off my LA friends, but but it's but it's definitely a, a more of a family atmosphere out in New York. Now, do you think it was luck that landed you in all these since the beginning or or you really think that the hustle reflected the outcome of, of, of like your success in, in all these different projects. Well, it wasn't luck that I got hired first, right? Because my uncle's got me, got me the job, but there's only so much they can do to get me in, right? I had to perform, right? And I keep myself in. And again, I was able to, it's 26 years now, keep myself in the game, you know, and pay the bills every week, you know, support the family and all that, you know. So thinking about it, transitioning to New York, LA, were did you already have something lined up when you got here or you you let foot on ground he was like man i still need to figure this shit out no yeah i was i was actually working for nicholas cage when i moved out here i was his onset assistant on a bunch of films so we came out to do a film called um gone in 60 seconds actually like we don't know what that yeah, is i forgot for <laughs> in 98 actually we did eight millimeter first that's actually what first brought me here but i didn't stay I came here did the movie went back to queens and then came out to do Gone in 60 Seconds and then decided to stay. Did you get in Eleanor? Yeah, of course. Yes. You I got, got a picture somewhere on my yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Dope, dope. So how was that experience working with Nicholas Cage? Was you starstruck? Was he was he like something that you like kind of not under the table, but like you knew that you were going to be working with him or did it just happen by chance? It happened by chance because I wasn't starstruck. I'll tell you that story. So we were doing Snake Eyes down in Atlantic City and we're shooting in a casino. You can imagine all those people trying to hang out and meet, meet Nicolas Cage and face off and Con Air, right? And so they had a bunch of us PAs just like surrounding him on set while he sat in his chair um, rehearsing so that people would leave him alone. All the other PAs were, were that that day weren't the regular guys. They were just day players. They were kissing his ass. Oh, I love Jeff. I love Jeff face off. Oh, I love you. He's so good at Con Air. And he's just getting annoyed. And he sees me just standing there keeping people away. And he's like, well, how come you're not kissing my ass like these guys are? Because <laughs> like, they, they didn't tell me to do that. I'm going to ask them if they want me to do that, but I'm just supposed to keep people away. What's up, what's up? Yeah, that's literally what happened. And he's like, all right, cool. You want to come finish the film with us in Montreal? Do you think that was that New York mentality? Because, you know, like I would think, well, I would say people think that New York people are rude. You just don't give a shit. Like, they might not be wrong, but... but <laughs> But no, I think I've only been starstruck once, and that was when I met Al Pacino. Okay, oh, shit. Was it. T tell us that story. Come on, you can just drop that yeah. and just leave it there. I met Al Pacino at an event at Paramount. Paramount had a thing called Paramount's like 90th birthday, and it had like 90 stars for 90 years. And I used to also work for Cuba Gooding Jr. as his assistant. And um, while there, and Cuba knew I was a big fan of Al. Um, and he was sitting right at the next table next to us, as close as that camera. So I was like, I kept staring at Sam, like, I gotta meet this guy. So Cuba's was like, come on, let's go. And we went over to him and he, and he whispered something into Al's ear and Al got up and turned around. He's like, hey, nice to meet you, Joe. Like, 
And I'm sitting there like, I don't know what to say to this guy. And he's, <laughs> and he's trying his hardest to get me to talk. And I was just like giving two word answers. You start talking like Scarface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, did that come out right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did good, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So we're, um, we'll get into what you're doing currently, but I, I, I'm very interested in, in the whole start to finish. Uh, I'm just doing a little bit of like deep diving on exactly what you've been involved with. Um, if you feel like talking about that, your 2005, I think it was, you got the award for the documentary you did. Was it Champion? For Champion, yeah. the Yamaha Award. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So talk about that. Yeah, so I was doing this documentary a long time ago. 2003 or four called Yo Soy, where we, you know, it's hard making in this business, right? So, so as a Latino, well, how hard is it for a Latino to do it? And, you know, is it, it's hard enough to do it if you're living in, in LA, but what's it like doing it from Venezuela, right? So um, we got all these different celebrities to come together, all Latinos to sit there and do, we were gonna do a round table with them and talk about, they can each talk to each other about their story, how, what their obstacles were to get here and how they got here. While we were doing the individual interviews of everybody, we were doing one with Danny Trejo, who I had met when I worked for Val Kilmer on a movie called uh, The Salt and Sea, and Danny was in it. So sitting there interviewing Danny for his for his interview and realizing his story, I couldn't. I was blown away. I was like, this guy needs a documentary just on him, <laughs> like everybody else. So we pivoted, and and I moved on to doing to doing Champion, with him again. doing basically following around, learning his story. You know, brought him to San Quentin prison, put him back in his old cell. Um, and uh, told his story. You know? Nice. Like, nice. like, did you ever feel like, I wouldn't say intimidated, but felt like this shit needs to be perfect? No, it's never gonna be perfect. No? No, I mean, if you look online to reviews, some people thought it was the best movie you've ever they've ever seen, and some people thought Danny needs to have me killed. Like, <laughs> like literally, people saying it, like, like, so you can't make everybody happy. So, so it was just more like, let's just, let's just create it, let's just, Roll with the flow. Roll with the flow, create it with what we have, the resources we have, the story that we think needs to be told and see what happens. So currently you, uh, Netflix, right? You're working with them maybe a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, would it be uh, selling, selling the selling OC? Selling Sunset, selling the OC, selling right. Tampa. How did that happen? And okay, well, no, how did that happen? How did I? How you land that? How did you land that gig? I was working on another Netflix show back in 2018 called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Um, and it was my last day on the show. And someone from Netflix called me and said, Hey, I know you're, you're done today on Marie Kondo. You have anything else lined up? I was like, I don't. He's like, Well, we had there's a, there's a job opening on this other show. We have a new show, season one called Selling Sunset. It's a short gig. Can you, can you jump in? Sure, no problem. So I jumped in. That was in 2018, season one. We're now doing season six and seven of that show. And in the middle of all that, you know, the company also had Selling Tampa, which aired last year, and then Selling the OC, which has aired a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. The, now is reality television really reality? Yeah. Sure Y'all be, yeah. be egging them on like, hey, you know, if you walk by her and like you just slap her a little bit on her face or something like <laughs> yeah. that, we can get, you know, we can get some content, get some good stuff. Like y'all don't egg them on or anything like no. that or make suggestions. Nope. Nope. They don't do that. In your opinion, would you rather be working on reality or doing like uh, documentaries, like docuseries? I want to do my narrative movies again. Okay. I, I, you know, I don't, I didn't set out to do documentaries. I just did it because Danny's was such an amazing story. So I had to do it, but I, you know, I've made a you know, romantic comedy called Other Plans with Jamie Kennedy. Um, I did a, a family superhero movie called Pizza Man with Frankie Muniz, Diamond Dallas Page, Ryder Ryder Piper, Shelley Long, Courtney Burnson, tons of people. Shit. Yeah. Damn. So, oh, okay, go ahead. Was I going to cut yeah, you off? Yeah. So, so you've had all these, all these, you know, wonderful, empowering opportunities, right? you don't seem starstruck you know what i mean you're just cold you know what i mean so what is it something aside from you know what you just said um uh, what is something that you're looking forward to as far as uh you want to say like at, at the end of my career i want to do what end of my career i i just want to keep making movies okay my own movies right like when i do selling sunset that's someone else's show that i'm working on and dedicating my you know committing my my work to 
and I love it. But I also I want to make my own narrative films. Okay. Yeah. Is, is there some, anything specific in mind that you're cooking right now? I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure you're 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 gonna go out with the bang. So, what yeah. what, what is it something that you're cooking right now? I'm trying to get this motorcycle movie going called I Ride Alone that I've been fighting hard to make for over a decade. You know, but you know, it's you ride? I don't. I, I used to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just okay. write. I don't write either. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, but I've been trying to make this for a long time, and you know, I've had so many people involved. You know over the years um, in, the, in the project. I mean, we have Peter Fonda attached at one point before he passed, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, having Peter Fonda in a motorcycle was getting poked, sign your Bible, right? So, <laughs> um, you know. but the man, you know, he passed away, so we had to move on. Um, but I want to get that going. That's the one, that's my, my one passion project. I but what, what type of bikes are we talking about though? Like are we talking street or are we talking about Harleys? We're talking about Harleys, with old school Harleys. We're talking about uh, like Ducatis together. Oh, together. Shit. Yes. It's the same one. The same one. You're going to make that happen. I'm going to make that happen. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, you need a PA for that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes down, like, because, you know, we, uh, we, we uh, Nessa and I, you know, we have dreams of our own and things like that you know branching outside of the podcast but we've always been like well where does the funding come from you know what i'm saying when you don't have it so can you share some light for people who are interested in doing things and but like you know e just equipment in itself is so yeah. expensive so what would you suggest or what was your method of, of navigating that i don't know I, i'm not getting in your business no, no, you know what i'm saying yeah, but yeah. like where does the money how how, how we get the money to make our project i'm not getting into business we're doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> um the, the money's the hard part that's why it's been taking me over a decade to get this thing going i think it's just everybody claims to you know know somebody who's got the money but when at the end of the day they never come through with the money right the bank is always empty there's a big account I've had many people already promise to to do the the uh, to invest in the film, but they're always back out because mm. they just you know they're looking to meet the celebrity, they're looking for another connection, how to uh, you know very uh, what do they call them opportunistic, right? So they're right. using their own their own um, resources, but they're not being really honest about it at the end of the day. Um, the films I have made, I you know I, the Pizza Man movie I did with Frankie Muniz, that one was. You know, my I have another uncle that worked with this guy who who's a pharmaceutical billionaire and wanted to make a movie, right? Something for him and his kids to watch. And he had an idea for a film called Pizza Man, and, and then had had a writer write it, and then contacted me and said, you know, how much would it cost to make this film? And then I budgeted it out, scheduled it, and he said, all right, you're you're funded. And then you know, for, he did it for fun because because he wanted to. When you have a billion dollars, you can do that for fun. You can, you can pretty much do that. Do whatever you want. For fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, obviously, you don't like the flakiness, and I think nobody does. But yeah. like, what are, what are some things that I mean? We're on a very completely small, different spectrum compared to you know the experiences you had. But what is something that you find it um, just annoying in the industry that you're just like, man, if this shit wouldn't happen, things would be getting done. Probably better movies would be made. I mean, what what is it? Something that egos. Ego, right? People's egos get in the way and it stops a lot of progress from happening. Like shit. Literally. People just need So it's to not even out. about the money, it's just about somebody just my dick is bigger than yours. Type exactly. Of shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. If that if, if we didn't have that, oh yeah. So many more movies being made. Cause, Cause, you see now, like nowadays. I mean, I mean, before I would be juiced about a, a movie coming out on Friday. Now you're just like, uh, I mean, Top Gun. The, that one was cool. Was you know good. what I mean? I didn't expect that one, especially because I didn't even see the first one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the second one, and because I, I really like Tom Cruise, I was just like, man, hey, hey, huh? Hey, be careful what you say. Well. My bad Scientology, but, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Tom Cruise guy. Either. But but I was just like, he, he's kind of he's kind of whack as far as like you know, he's not no 300. You know what I mean? He doesn't get you inspired. But then that movie, I don't know if it was FX or it was a nice theater that I went to, but it was just dope. Like yeah. it was just you seem in tune, and I and I don't think. I think the last time I felt like that was like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that you felt like the first, the first. I was about to say when it became superhero. No, I'm not talking about Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you know, back then, like you, you even like get out the, the parking lot and you start like picking up your your emergency <laughs> exit, trying to drift and shit. Like it was, it was, it was a dope feeling. Like, but now I, I just feel like 
it's just like ah whatever you know like let me just wait till it comes out you know right um so i just think that like i don't know i i just feel like I, it makes sense the ego there's sense. too many executives now too like there's just you know 15 executives looking at a script and giving notes and taking the complete life out of that story you know just to make it what they think would sell right they're not they don't care what the story come out with sells so how do you deal with the with the dude with the with the ego the the people that are just busting your balls and just preventing progress from your you know depends how, how in control they are that's why i like to make the movie myself get it funded myself make it myself and then i go and sell it because now it's mm. done i don't i didn't get that guy's input because mm. i don't need it yeah you know the, the best if, if you can if you have the ability is to control the content as much as you can that's it make it yourself okay so, so that okay so like you said the, it's more beneficial for you when you make it yourself you fund it yourself how does that process work as far as you selling it to a amazon prime or selling it to a netflix um how do you even get those meetings? Like, hey, I got a project and I would like to use your platform. So what is that process? Um, well, getting the meetings is, is the hard part, right? So I, I'm friends with Malik Yoba, right? From New York on the cover and all the cool runnings of this guy. He's my buddy, right? So I, I, I used to be PA on New York on the cover. That's why I met him back in 1996 or seven, whenever we did that back in Manhattan. But he told me, and I, to this day, I will never forget it. He told me, Joe, Hollywood used to be who you know. It's not that. It's, it's who knows you and who gives a shit <laughs> about you. And he's right, because everybody knows everybody in this town, right? You go to Hollywood and everyone, oh, I know Steven Spielberg. Okay, well, does he know you though? Like, does, you, <laughs> does, does he care about you? You know, that's great. That Do you go to his house? Yeah, great. You serve them his, his, his sandwich, but does he really know you? You gave him a cigar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dreams of grandeur, right? These people, right? So, um, but he's right. So you have to, figure out those relationships and, and and really protect them and don't just give them to everybody and, and, and make that call to hey listen i got this project and i really want to see if we can get it on netflix and see if you can get that meeting you know so how does how financially how does it work as far as are the percentages uh, how much you receive or is there like like a like a royalty based thing every time it's watched i'm getting this amount like how does that work break that down yeah i mean there's two ways to do it right so if netflix is funding it then then you're going to deal with the executive stuff you're going to deal with all the different people with their jobs and putting their notes in and they're highly involved in the process right but if i go and make it now i'm just going to license it now to netflix and say mm -hmm. all right listen i got this film and it's called i write alone and i want to get it on the platform They'll make me an offer. If they're interested, they'll make an offer. Hey, all right, we'll give you X amount, you know, upfront minimum guarantee, you know, fifty thousand dollars upfront, and then depending on the views you get, you get percentages. Mm -hmm. You know, there's different way models it can go under. And is this is lifetime or like as long as it's on a platform, you getting a check? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but you know, usually they'll buy it for, for five years or ten years or you okay. know, you get a term attached to it. Okay. Wait, what's the biggest check you ever seen, Joe? Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> he's being too oh, modest. Yeah, yeah. Being too modest. I don't know. No, okay. Um, what would you say? What was your biggest purchase? My biggest purchase? What you think on a movie or just in general? No, nah, not in general. Oh gosh, I don't know, man. My house? I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Not, not, not the, uh, not the yacht. Not the yacht no, that, that I the... don't have. <laughs> uh, top five movies. Top five. All right. Let's see. Build the dreams. Oh, nice. Godfather. Definitely. Um, Goodfellas. I was just going to say that Goodfellas. shit. I was like, he better say Goodfellas. <laughs> That's crazy. Most, most memorable character in that movie. And Goodfellas was, yeah. was Leota. Yeah. You think Leota? Yeah. Okay. Who was yours? I'm going to have to say that was Joe Pesci. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like Joe. I'm going to have yeah. to go with Joe. I'm right. the, the Joe, you know, I gotta represent for the small guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but nah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so my, you got you my got, other two yeah, are, you know, little. I don't want to say like not like everyone else's top fives. Uh, Life, Eddie Murphy, Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay, love that movie. And um, Gross Point Blank, John wow. Cusack. I do remember that. And Danny Driver, yeah, yeah, amazing. I love it. I can watch it all day. So what, if you could, what movie would you have been a part of the production? Like your dream, like, man, 
I would love to have attached myself to that Jeez. one right there. Rocky. Um, God, my top five, I just said. Right, right. <laughs> Those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, what actor, actress, or who, who would you say has pushed you? Because you know a lot of people, so, right? So who do you think has pushed you uh, creatively? Right? Like, Joe, you can do this. And you're probably like calling, like, like how we talk to each other. Like, dude, I'm quitting. Like, no more. Let's let's just be done with this. And you get that phone call. Hey, man, keep going. Keep yeah, pushing. Yeah. There's only one guy when I worked with him at the time. It hasn't been since, but it was Nicolas Cage when I worked okay. with him. Because uh, I was making a lot of shorts at that time, short films at that time. And I would run and find him. Hey, man, what do you think of this? And you think of that scene? And, and he'd give me his, his two cents and, you know, show up like, Joe, that's stupid. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was cool about it. He wasn't, like, being fake. Was, oh, it's, it's awesome. It's great. And then, you know, talking shit behind my back. Right, right. like, welcome in Hollywood, right? So he wasn't doing that. Um, and so I learned a lot from him. I got to, to watch how he did his stuff and, 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 and parlay that into my own work. Are you guys still cool today? I haven't talked to him in 15 years, maybe 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're the cigar guy now. He knows me though. <laughs> Shit, but what do you do for fun? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, everything that you do for, for living seems fun, but what the hell do you do for fun if you got nothing else? Like, uh, I got my family, I got my boys, my wife. Yeah. I got two boys. Now, now are you obligated to say that or you just, you actually do it? No, for that no, shit? no. <laughs> I actually enjoy it. Like, I look forward to the weekends because I'm at pretty much work 12, 15 hours a day during the week. So, the weekend is, is the family time when we get to you know, do excursions, whatever, hang out, do nothing around the house. You, you know? say you had two kids, right? Yeah, two oh. boys. That's awesome. Baseball? Yeah. Baseball players? The, well, one of them, all the ones not, he's he's a musician. He's more into well, playing his guitar and computers and video games. And so, and then the younger one's only gonna be three next month, so. But he's like a little linebacker already. Like, he's just into hitting everything. So, we're gonna... One of them has to either be a baseball player or a, like football, right? I'm, I'm gonna aim for him to be it, so. <laughs> What is the, uh, all the sets you've been on, who would you say are, what is the craziest thing you've seen happen on set? You don't got to give names or nothing like that, but what's the craziest? Give me a crazy story, Joe. I want to say the craziest thing was when we were filming Champion, the documentary on Danny Trejo, and we brought him back to San Quentin. And I'm in there with him, camp, with holding the camera, asking questions, I mean, his old self. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking around and I see the warden showing up with more guards. I'm like, something about to go down? Like, <laughs> you know, this and this this block cell block they're in is all murderers. So that now who are there? It's like I actually had to ask the guy who was in his cell, can you step out for a few minutes so Danny can come in? Like the warden wouldn't even do it. I was like, I gotta do it. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. You can sign the waiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. So so I did, and the guy stepped out, and all these and all of a sudden all these guards are starting to like pile up and then I'm like, what's going on? Like, should I be worried right now? And the warden said, well, look around, what do you see? And I was I just see a lot of people forming, checking out what's, <laughs> what's, what's happening. I said, well, here's the problem. You have all the all the white inmates are coming in, all the, all the Hispanic inmates are coming in, all the black inmates are coming, and they're all getting too close and too quick. And I said, well, is that bad? He goes, well, they don't normally get together like that unless something's about to happen. Uh, so they were worried that all these guys <laughs> were about to start fighting and rioting because whatever is happening, right? Because they're getting too close. And it was only because of Danny. They all wanted to meet Danny. Nice. And it's the only time he's like, where we've had these many people come together and not fight and all for like positivity just to meet Danny Trejo. Yeah. So dope. that was actually pretty great. He was just out in Sacramento, uh, I won't say this past week. What was it yeah, doing? yeah. And they did some kind of um, like I don't know, some kind of like kind of awards for sobriety. Oh man, right. yeah. And he, he got up and he spoke. It was, it was on the news. I, I, I stay out in that area, but yeah. So so what you saying in a nutshell? When you saw everybody coming together, your booty hole got tight. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but imagine the content you would have created. Like yeah. you know what I mean, you would have been like Spider Man, just. Just holding the camera and just trying to, you know, <laughs> run out of that shit, you know? That's <laughs> that's that's pretty dope. Yeah. That's okay, great. so that's an onset experience. Uh 
How long have you been married before I ask this question? It ain't nothing crazy like 13 that. Years 13 now. years. 13 yeah. years. So before the marriage, I know the Hollywood parties. Right? Oh. What's the craziest thing you've seen at a party? Everything you can probably think of. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. It's like that. It's like that. Playboy Mansion. I've never been there. No? No. Never been there. But that's, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So. Like, cause man, I'm I'm just interested in what you do. I, that's actually what I wanted to do. That's what I thought I was gonna do. Like, you, you want to play baseball? I, I wanted to be. But with that, so I. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, like, I, I think it's uh like okay. I guess you have multiple hat as a hats as an executive producer. You're more of a accountant, budgeting, making sure everything. Um, our project management. Yeah. In a sense. Boring part. Um. Yeah. But what what actually does it? Um, until what what exactly are you involved with as the executive producer because like sometimes I look at when I'm watching films I always watch the credits pretty much all the time to see who like oh oh really like I think uh, Margaret Robbie attached herself to some movie I just saw and I was like what the heck that don't even sound like anything she would be interested in but so I don't know if you know you just attaching your name that's why I ask you like how does the royalties and the payouts you know I throw my name on it I'm getting something um but what exactly is your job, like your job description as an executive producer? Depends on the show I'm on. Like for Selling Sunset, I'm, I work in the post-production department, right? Okay. So um, I'm not involved in the creative on set. That's not me. That's other, we have other executives that deal with that. So my job in post is to ensure that, that we get the show through the pipeline and deliver it up on the Netflix dashboard and get it through, you know, quality control and everything that help make our main executive producer's vision. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply happen as best we can with you know nice and what because I, I know i know you do your own editing and stuff like that yeah. as well so being in the game you know for over 20 years now you know technology is constantly evolving uh do you find yourself having to like kind of like reteach yourself certain things mm -hmm. or adapt like how is that how, has that been a challenge for you yeah the last 10 years the industry is drastically changed you know with digital everything's digital right so from from the cameras you're using it's all digital to to delivering you know there's a you're never actually touching anything anymore like you used to like with film i remember big queens used to shoot stick eight millimeter film and be sitting there cutting it and taping it and playing it on a projector to see if the edit worked or not you don't do that now, right everything is is all digital but the technology is growing so crazy that if you don't keep up with it it's going to be real hard to make, make anything Unless, unless you have, you know, enough money to hire a staff that to hire the guy that knows what right. to do. You know? See, I was telling him that with IG, we're like old, old ass, <laughs> old yeah. ass dudes. I'm like, bro, like, hey, you need to get updated with that shit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. It's like we're freaking being outdated. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about me and him. But yeah, we, we get into these arguments. We're like, bro, what the hell? Like, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, like, if. Obviously, things would have never came out the way they did. Is there another specific, um, uh, another specific like career you would have taken aside from this? Nothing comes to mind. No, like no. you didn't want to be like you didn't want to be like you know be the next narco. You didn't want to do anything. No. You didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't want to do nothing crazy aside from like, or, or you just you I just, just fell in love with this business. And, you know, after two years of college, so that's that's how long I've been doing this. But like in high school, you had a, 
Baseball. No, another. I want to play baseball. I want to play ball. Yeah. So baseball, that's it. That You're just yeah. oh, no shit. plan B. Damn. So I guess that is true, right? They say you know your your plan B is your plan A. Yeah. Like There's no variation. I didn't even have a plan B. It just I needed a, a job. So damn. My uncle got me a job making five five six hundred bucks a week just helping people on set. That's dope. Yeah. In your opinion, what do you think is the most important action a person can take? Uh, to reach their level of success or their definition of success? Just to work hard. Work hard? Yeah, I mean, I find that there's there's a lot of entitlement these days with the, the new crop of, the new generation of uh, crew coming on board films and TV shows. It's a lot of entitlement. These kids don't want to put the, the, the work in, you know, to, to, to earn your stripes, to get up there. That instant yeah. success. They want instant success. Right? It's the IG world, right? Everybody click it, you got instantly. It's like, well, it doesn't work that way. You gotta work. You gotta work hard. Yeah, that's just hard. Yeah, it's just, that's just. It, I mean, it requires some sort of like patience. Like, you gotta have thick skin. I mean. Yep. So, are 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 you taking your work uh, home with you, or how do you turn it off? Because you know, like you said, I think you mentioned you're working like 12, 15 hour days. Uh, well, I work from home now, so. True, true. Work is home. I got I have an office at the house and it's just loaded with post-production gear and you know, working. It's hard for me to turn it off. It's just hard for me not to work. Shit. It's so difficult. so what what actually drives you? The the artistic side or the money? Um, I want to say both. Yeah. Depends on the show. But it, sometimes it's just the money. I'm just doing it for the paycheck and but you know, I would say the last four years working at that and done production, it's 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 been about the, the show. The show and just the massive impact it's had on like pop culture and, and, and the, the fans. And, and I just love producing the content with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Would you recommend uh, some 17, 18 year old person like to like follow your career path? Not exactly what you did, but like, you know, like some people say, oh, I want to be a model. And then a model would be like, you know, little girl, <laughs> that's probably not what you want to do. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So being in it, would you, would you rec highly recommend that to somebody go after? Well, it's funny. My son, older son's 13, and you know, he gets attracted to the stuff we're doing and you know, wants to help. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, you're going to be a doctor. Like, don't even, <laughs> don't even come near what I do. Just go be a doctor and make a lot of money, you know? <laughs> yeah. And do you find it like, um, I know, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's all about a budgeting thing, even like what you make uh, annually. Cause you don't know when your next job is going to come out. You know, I don't know if you just keep stuff. Do you find it kind of agitating or have you ever like been worried? Like, dang, babe, I know I, I was doing good <laughs> last month, but this month we might be a little short. Yeah, it happens all the time. So what's yeah. important? How do you, how do you maintain that? I mean, do you have somebody helping you with your finances? You got an accountant or? You just got to be smart with your money. Okay. I'm freelance, right? So I go from show to show to show. So when this season of Silly Sunset wraps and we're done, I'm looking for another show, right? I've been blessed to work with this company that that keeps rolling me over from show to show to show within the company. So I haven't had to look for anything in a little bit, but there will be a time when I'm gonna have to do that. So, but you have to just have enough stored away to pay your bill until you get that, that next job. And how long did you see yourself doing this? Till I die. Yeah. yeah. I'm at it. It's all I know. 26 years now into it, so I'm like, I'm not. I'm 47, so it's uh, I'm gonna do this until I retire. And what you think that age would be? 48. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> not really, not really the last time. <laughs> like, he said two years from now. Like, yeah, I'm like, what you I got about two hours. I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh uh, man, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Hey, but the real question is, New York or California? New York, all the way. Really? Yeah, I'm here because there's more opportunity for me, but. Yeah. You, you you weren't sold on California? No. Their pizza sucks. Huh? Pizza sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 the weather's good. That's about it. Yeah. 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 But even even we had clouds today. I was telling them, like, wow, look, we actually had cloud coverage today. Like, I feel like like we can feel the seasons happening. Yeah. All yeah. in one day. It seems oh, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> this weekend. It's actually raining earlier. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy because a lot of people, uh, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard decision. New York and California. I mean, it's. You know the battle of the of the coast right that's crazy yeah if if you had okay two good ones okay so if you had quentin tarantino called you monday it's like joe 
I got this movie I'm working on. I want you to be a part of it. You say, let me think about it. Hang up the phone. Next phone call, Guy Ritchie. Joe, I want you to be a part of this now. But I need to answer in the next hour. Who are you working with and why? I work with Guy right now. I would tell him right on the spot. Yeah? Yeah. I don't like Quentin. Makes good movies, <laughs> but he's an asshole. So, yeah. You, yeah. Have you met him? I met him once. And that, and I'm sure done deal. Done deal for him because I'm good. I'm good not knowing you. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm sure if you like, you just got out to him and he's like, you know, some bad stuff and smack about you, and he'd probably be like, who, Joe, who? Like, <laughs> probably because he doesn't know any idea who I am. But that also goes to why he's an asshole. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's attached. Yes. Now, now, do you, I mean, did you ever find it hard being a Latino and being in this industry and, and like, you know, being like, like discriminated in, in, in some sort of like, you know, throughout the process of like your whole career? I mean, no it was just i mean are you are you more because i mean joe i mean you wouldn't really like people wouldn't really say like oh, no. he's latino no i don't look like you know my name is jose i'm my first certificate right but, but like yeah yeah that's dope that's dope because i mean i mean do you see that i mean obviously i think diversity is huge especially you know in the entertainment industry so like have you witnessed that like is that something that like you're like shit? sometimes it's kind of an uneven playing field I don't know if I've witnessed it per se. You know, I mean, I like to think that I surround myself with people that wouldn't do that, you know? So the companies I have worked at, like I have not, at least not, it's not apparent that that's happening. You know, not to say it's not happening. It happens all the time, I'm sure every day. And it's horrible, but I, I haven't personally witnessed it. At least off the top of my head, I can't remember anything that would jump out at that. Have you ever, if you reflect back and think on the time, has there ever been a time where you wanted to just pack it up? Like, I'm out of here, I'm going back to New York. Yes. Okay, so, and then if you identify that time, what kept you going? How did you recenter yourself? How did you reestablish your goals? What was your process? For me, when those times happen, it's usually when I'm having a hard time dealing with whatever company I'm working with and I just can't deal anymore with the ridiculousness, right? And it's like, I'm done. This is like egos and just people making decisions just because it's not good for the show, but good for them personally, right? You know, ultimately you gotta look what's good for the show, the movie, whatever you're working on. That's what the goal is. That's what the common goal needs to be. But they don't do that here. And you just deal with these people that are just making, you know, decisions based on what's good for them or the people they want to protect, right? So it's like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, I'm done, I can't do it. And I've, I've quit shows because of that. Cause I'm like, I can't, I can't, we, we don't have common goal right now. Where the common goal of making this show is not, you know, the 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 public opinion. It's it's more like, oh, you got upset because I called someone out. I'm doing something and that's your buddy, and now you're pissed off at me. Like, all right, it's cool. So I I go, and that's when I I go and have to take a break for a minute, you know, not too long, and I'll go look for another show somewhere else with people who have, you know, <laughs> common interests. Yeah, better ethical values and 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 common interests to get the a, a better show out the door. Yeah. What was your most, uh, I would say, to date, most memorable uh, time or show that you worked on? The Sopranos. I was a PA on The Sopranos, on the pilot. And then it was in 1998, we did the pilot. We didn't know what we were doing, right? It was just a mafia show. And then I came out west to do 8mm with Nicolas Cage, which is also starring James Gandolfini. I was also in that. So I didn't, and that was a total coincidence. And I get there and Jim's like, Joe, what are you doing here? I'm actually Nick's assistant. So I got to hang out with Jim the whole, the whole time we were filming that. I was actually with Jim when the show got greenlit, when he got the call, we were on set. And he was like, he's like, Joe, Joe, yeah, we got greenlit. And he's like freaking out. I'm like, what do you mean? We got, what does that mean? He's like, <laughs> he's like we're going to do a season one of Sopranos. Like it was amazing. So, and then he got me on season one of it. So and then I did most of season one. And then I came back to work, work, work with Nick. Nice. But that was the best. That was the hardest show to date that I worked on. Hardest? Hardest. Hardest, hardest, hardest. But it was it was worth it. What made what made it so hard? What was the challenges? The hours, it was all on location, you know, working like 18, 20 hours a day in Jersey. Like it was just brutal. But the crew was amazing, the producers are amazing, the cast was great. I mean, it was just everyone's a big family. Yeah. That's stuff. So I see that's very important to you, that family. 
the family kind of cohesive environment. Yeah. Um, what was the worst show? If if you if you can share that information. <laughs> um the worst show was a show I did a few years ago that I can't name the name of it. Oh, come on, Joe. No, but, uh, but, uh, okay. yeah, because well, what producers... was the show about, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on vacation. Going um, on vacation? <laughs> yeah, that was just a terrible group of people working there. Was that when you was like, yo, I called him out. Yes. Now you mad. Yes. So I'm out. Yes. Two fingers up. Yeah. Queens get the money. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Um, You wake up in the morning, you listen to music? Yeah, I listen to everything. Hip hop, Who's in your playlist? Who's in your playlist? I was listening to Mark Anthony on the way down here. Mark Anthony on the way down here. Bumping. All right. In tune. Yeah. Yeah. You're in your office. You're in your office. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No. So you're in your office. You got a deadline to meet, right? Maybe about five hours left. Five hours left on something that you know will probably take eight to ten. Who you got to throw in to get you motivated, get you pumped? Like, wow, yeah. yeah. Who, who we listening to? Depends. Sometimes I'll throw on just loop uh, a shuffle um, Eminem. Okay. Just throw that on. I like to listen to uh, record, actual vinyl, so I'll throw them on the vinyl on the record and let it start spinning and just start doing my thing. Um, Billy Joel as well. In Queens, right? You got to love Billy Joel. Um, Mark Anthony, or I'll just put like Salsa Channel on and just listen to Salsa. Or I'll put the TV on because I like to put stuff in the background. Just I'm not really paying attention to it. It's mm-hmm. just there and I hear it and then kind of pick it up every once in a while. Yeah. Then I'll put on the King of Queens on and I just have the seasons just rolling through while I'm working. All right. And where, um, what's your creative process? Um, are you inspired or motivated maybe by something that you're dealing with personally? Uh, something that you may have seen happen at a restaurant, something that you've seen on television. What sparks? What normally, if you had to really think about it, what has like sparked? Like, oh man, I want to do this. I want to make this project based oh, on. Oh, yeah. Um, there are times when I hear a song and I'll listen to the story, and I'm like, oh, that would be a good movie. <laughs> that, that, that we can somehow take those lyrics and turn that into a movie script, you know? And that's, yeah. Now is that shit sober or like with a blunt or a whiskey or a good beer? Good drinking, me probably. Yeah. Good yeah. Be- okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I mentioned you. You were mentioning earlier about this beer. Uh, put his own game on that. Cerveza Aguila, Colombian beer from Barranquilla. That my dad got me hooked on when I was a kid. You know, my it's, whole it's exclusive. I was about to say, yeah. where do we even find something like that? There was one place five minutes from here that I went to before I got here, and they didn't have it. Yeah. Always, always had. Otherwise, you get it at Colombian restaurants. I forgot it's that. It's an app that they got now. I want to say it's like dryers or something like that. But you're supposed to be able to get anything exquisite on. I'll give it to you. Oh, I want to see that. But yeah, anything, anything you want. But you're gonna pay. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna pay. But all right, so we got the beer. Uh, what do you? What else do you like doing? Okay, in, in your pastime, what, what else do you? What? What do you find joyful outside of spending time with your family, your kids? Working on projects that are meaningful for you. Like, what else do you do? What, what's what's your escape? Baseball. Baseball. Watching baseball. Watching yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Come on. No, I'm just, just asking. I'm just saying, <laughs> we don't use we, that hate speech here. Man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Come okay. on. Why in LA? I'm a Mets fan. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. The amazing Mets. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Favorite player? I'm sorry. Favorite player all time. Baseball. Ooh. That's a good. Hmm. It's fine. I used to be a huge fan of Will Clark. Mm-hmm. He played first base for the San Francisco Giants mm-hmm. back in the nineties. Um, and then I met him, and then and I he hated turned him you off too. Like, yeah, he quit. Quit what? Quentin Tarantino <laughs> yeah. too. So I was working at Shea Stadium in high school, and um, and I knew Will. The Giants are coming to town. I was like, so I go to baseball. I, like, I got to meet this guy. Right? And I was a first baseman too, so I was looking looked up to this guy as a, as a ball player, and. I saw him walking by the locker rooms and I ran up to him. I said, you know, um, uh, you know, can I, can I, can I have your autograph? And he looks down and he's like, yeah, sure. And he keeps walking. So I'm walking with him, but he never like tried to get the ball from me to actually <laughs> sign it and grab the pen. I was like, let me ask him again. He's like, you know, okay, can I, can I have your autograph? He's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I missing? Cause he's not like stopping. He's not trying to get the ball from me. 
So then I was like, well, don't you need the ball to take it to do it? And he looks, stops and looks at me and goes, and he says, you know, kid, if you don't ask me, you don't ask me the right way, you don't get jack shit from me. What was the right way to do it? And I just stopped and I was like, Hmm. Like fuck this guy. <laughs> I basically, I just said, it's like, never mind. You're not that good anyway. And I turned around and I walked away, and stood there. He just stood there, like, like staring at emotional me. damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. And then I went off to Oliver, and I was pissed. And then Gary Carter, catcher for the Mets, walked up and he put his arm on my shoulder, and he's like, "Don't worry, kid. No one likes that guy. He's an asshole." <laughs> yeah. And then Will came up, grabbed the ball, and signed it. Dang, nice. Yeah. If you had a superpower. What would it be and why? Somebody just asked me that last week. Yeah? So you should be prepared. What you got? What are we rolling with? My superpower. I think it's to to basically be strong. Unbreakable. Okay. Like physically or mentally? Yeah, that's why I was like, Joe, where are we going deep with this? With mentally? It could be mental. I was thinking more physically. Yeah. Unbreak why? Why why unbreakable? You know? Are you are you like uh uh, what, a jackass, like not jackass. Yeah, I know, you know, like, you know what's, like what's his name, uh, yeah. Johnny Knox. Johnny Knox yeah, yeah, you know, like, are you doing things? No, like I don't that do in stuff like that. Time? No, no, what's no, going no, on? No, no. Mentally, you know, like uh, my company name is Unbreakable Post, mm. um, and I have been through a lot in my life, and I've seen the other side of it every single time, and I feel like it just makes me unbreakable. To like, there's nothing that's gonna happen. That's gonna, or I'm finally gonna break. You know. You gotta be a Spartan. I mean, yeah. You, you gotta, gotta be gotta a Spartan. Going. I mean, shit. I mean, if if you don't do it, then I mean, the world's gonna go with or without you. you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. So, do you think that that's the reason why? You, I mean, I'm, I'm getting the impression that you're just like you're just a, like a, a a nice asshole. Like you know what I mean? Like you're just nice, but you're an asshole. Yeah. Is it is it because of all the things you've been through, or is it just more like? That's just how your personality is of how to deal with bullshit and, and just surviving. I think much. it's a combination of both. Okay. And not having patience for stupid people that just, you know, the entire <laughs> Whatever, man, you do you. you know, one plus one is five, you got it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Have fun. That's know? dope. Yeah. That's dope. You got You have to, right? Yeah. You just can't get caught up in it. You just gotta keep going. And, and I think a lot of it too is, is with not putting up the bullshit is, you know, being a celebrity assistant for so long that I did, I got to meet different personalities of people and and you learn how to deal with that. You see their true value, right? Colors. Yeah. <laughs> Colors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's dope though, because like you could literally walk through, I mean, who can say I, I met Al Pacino and like, you know, be able to walk through without being starstruck. I mean, I think that's 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 pretty gangster right there. That's, that's some like New York like mob shit right there. That's that's, that's cool. Like yo, Al, I liked you, man. I, I liked you. What, what was that project? project? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm All right. Hey, anyways, man, I'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, nah, yeah, you just can't get caught up in it, you know. And that's the hardest part, right? Yeah, it is. And how does and that's that's great leading into that. So how do you? I know that's pretty much your personality. But how do you not get caught up in all the hype? But all this, the things that you've done, like, you know what I'm saying? You could have walked up in here, you know, today, like, yo, y'all don't even got my champagne out. Like, what, you, know? <laughs> you guys are fucking like, late. Yeah, I'm out of here. You know, like, how do you, well, that's how the you maintain that balance? That's entitlement that I don't feel like I have. Like, I just, I'm not expecting anything from anybody. Respect. Just respect. That's it. Simple respect. Yeah. Damn, that's gangster. But, but also, like, you know, I worked with somebody who I can't name, but he is a fucking diva. What did he look like? like um, <laughs> yeah. uh, an actor. <laughs> what uh, movie? Uh, he was in a movie called Snow Dogs. And- um, Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, that movie had a lot of actors in it. So yeah, a lot of actors. But this guy was just, you know, just egotistical and entitled and, and, and you know, he's a diva, you know? And he just can't, I see that. Like, why does he think acting like that's okay? Like behaving like that and treating other people like that—it's not cool. So well, you somebody, see that, and I don't do it. Yeah, well, somebody somewhere like didn't check him. Right. You always got to have a checker. Like that's my checker. He checks me. I check yeah. him. You know, you have to have that. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're successful or not. Like right. if somebody ain't pulling your coattails, then this behavior that, or this pattern of behavior that you're doing, you just think it's oh, it's okay. 
Right. But like you said, like who took this guy? Yeah. Like, how, how, give me, give me a name. Somebody you checked. Um, you, you was like, hey man, <laughs> I I get you grow so many millions, but hey, yeah, bro, hey, don't talk to me like you talk to me like that. Hey, <laughs> so I did a movie called Sleepers with Brad Pitt and dang, um, Robert De Niro. All right, and De Niro had a hard time with paparazzi during that movie, and he got into some argument with some paparazzi. So we were just sitting at some cafe somewhere in the city. And the next day, he was just in a bad mood, right? So we had all these paparazzi on set trying to take photos of him to antagonize more of what happened the night before, right? Which is fucked up that they did all that to him. Um, <laughs> all right, whatever. So we're all outside of his trailer, keeping people away, just trying to help get him to and from set. He was just being a dick to everybody, to all the PAs. And we're just trying to help the man. Like, we're, we're literally here to help you, right? And he was just, and after like 10 hours of it, I finally could, I just broke. I was like, you know what, fuck you. At least, you know, believe Pacino has class. And I turned around and walked away. And then all of a sudden I hear on the walkie talkie, Joe, where are you? <laughs> it was my boss. You know, I'm like, I'm walking over to Extras Holden where I keep all the extras and stuff, right? And he's like, all right, meet me there. So I go there and meet him. He's like, look, what the fuck did you say to Bob? He's like, I know, I just couldn't hold my tongue. I'm an idiot, I'm fired, right? He's like, well, yeah, he wants you fired, but we're not gonna fire you. Just stay in Extras Holding. Don't go near Australia. <laughs> He'll think you're gone. All right. So then fast forward to 1999 or 2000, I was working for Cuba Vinny Jr. as his assistant, right? And and he was doing- uh, Boat trip? Um, I did boat trip, yeah. Uh, he did, um, we were there, the movie called Navy Diver. What did it call it? Oh, it, uh, uh, Men of Honor. Men of Honor. Yeah, yeah. when he made it, it was called Navy Diver. Right, so he did Men of Honor with, 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 with De Niro. And we went to do a screening of it, which is De Niro in Cuba and the director. The director wanted to show it to him. I hope they never doesn't recognize me. Like I'm like, so I was tripping, right? I was like, I didn't want that to happen. And Cuba, I told Cuba the story. So Cuba, of course, antagonized it when we got there. <laughs> there he is. There yeah. he is. <laughs> so De Niro was very polite and sweet. Hey, I, I, you know, I'm Bob, Bobby, Bob De Niro. I was like, yeah, hey, you know. And De Niro goes, nice to meet you. And Cuba goes, no, no, you've met him before. Oh, it's not. <laughs> Cuba, stop. He's like, oh, yeah, we've met. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, we did a movie. I was a PA in a set back then, a movie called Sleepers. And then he's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, don't you remember what happened? Wow, asshole movie. And then I was like, wait, are you? I was like, yes, that was me. You know, I was young and dumb. Sorry, you know, whatever, you know. He's like, no, no, I was an asshole. I was an asshole, you know. And then he hugged it out and he was fine. But, you know, it went the opposite that Cuba thought it was going to go. He thought it was going <laughs> to get me in trouble. That's supposed to be the homie. Look at the homie throwing you under the bus, yeah. man. That's crazy. Hey, but um, we're, we're coming to the end, uh, the conclusion of our show. Um, what I like to always do is uh, open up the microphones uh, for parting words, insight, information you want to share with the viewers and the listeners. And it would be an honor and a pleasure today that I miss Joe Eckhart. Anything you would like to share with the viewers and the listeners? Any parting words? Man, I mean, I'm not too some, some tools. Too deep. Some I mean, I just hope anything I said helps somebody. But just you know, you just gotta work hard. You know, you're not entitled to anything. Just keep working hard, and eventually it'll you'll have your 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 level of success that whatever you you know you however you measure your success, you'll get it. You know, that's it. Dope words from Joe. GQ Nesto. Shit, man. Um. I don't know. I, I've been doing a lot of a lot of soul searching, but uh, you know, one of the things that you know, uh, some of the stuff that I you know was reading is is uh, find yourself a role model. You know what I mean? Find yourself somebody that you could look up to that has proven results. You know what I mean? And then find yourself somebody more fucked up than you and help <laughs> them. You know what I mean, a combination of both things. It's like it's very empowering. I think that. Um, it's a well balanced where you know you humble yourself and in all capacities and, and and just you know just fucking like he says work hard you know what i mean just work hard and and find ways to be a uh, a better person and give you know what i mean just give like there's there's no uh no better gratitude than than to you know just give you know what i mean and and help help each other out especially with this you know fucked up world we live in so i i, I couldn't say it any better yeah. <laughs> all right. But nah, hey, uh, we thank you for tuning in. Make sure you look for us on all social media platforms, Option Forward, 
I am Drew. We are Option Forward. We thank you for tuning in. We love you. We out. Peace. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, who, who the fuck is sitting right here? Like, <laughs> 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 <laughs>